The information and opinions contained in this podcast are completely from the individuals at the point of recording. It does not reflect the views of the organizations and employers past, present and future. It is for information and entertainment purposes only. The producers make no representation or warranty as to its adequacy, completeness, accuracy or timeliness for any particular purpose and it is not necessarily indicative of the future or likely performance. Uncool is recorded on Audio-Technica mics. Hi, I'm Sean. And I'm Yan Ling. And welcome to part two of us talking to Edward Choi, our guest for these two episodes in Uncool, the Freelance Creative Exchange, where in this season, we talk about money. Of course, we uh, talk to your fellow freelancers about stories about, you know, wealth, about happiness, about greed, about investment, about so many things. And because don't you just absolutely hate it when you like go watch some YouTube video and then or well, and then or you watch some Instagram ad and there's always some guy who says, Oh, I've hacked the stock market. Oh, I've I you bought this and I sold this and look at the returns I made, like two thousand percent in in two weeks. And you know, don't you just hate it? So we are not that kind of show. We bring people that are really down to earth, very honest. Someone like Edward. Edward, please introduce yourself again for those who have just tuned in for part two. My name is Edward Choi. I'm an actor. I'm a host. I lecture part-time at NUS. I do quite a bit of financial literacy education for freelancers and young people. And yes, I have voiced over 700 ads that this traffic report is brought to you by Harvey Norman. Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you listen to that voice, Jim, in telling you there's a sale, he tells you there's a, you go on a cruise. And I think uh, Edward is nothing like those guys that we were saying about that who, you know, goes in there and says they've hacked this and that. And so they 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 made they made themselves rich and all their followers rich. I think he, he's, he's keeping it real. He just told us in the last episode how he's lost a lot of money. In fact, all this money and left 40 bucks uh, in two years. And then he had to make everything back. And it took him about three times the amount of time to make all that money back that he lost. So I think we have, we all have something to learn there. The speed of which you lose and the speed of which you gain, though, it's not 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 the same. Huh? Just quick know. math for everyone: if you lose ten percent, okay, it needs to gain. This is not proper math, but it needs to gain about twenty percent before you get back to break even. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so again, you that you lose ten percent. Huh? It needs <laughs> no. to gain double in order to get back to the original amount. So this is why Warren Buffett, oh, and this, okay. is, this is related to how I made back my money. A lot of it has to do with Warren Buffett's number one rule. Don't lose money. Don't lose money. You want to invest in businesses. You want to invest in businesses that make money. Businesses that don't disappear. Because I've invested in businesses that no longer exist. The entire investment, gone. Okay, so I've made a lot the, of mistakes along the way. Why did you invest in them in the first place? Well, but who, who knew that they'd go out? Yeah, so... That, uh, that, that, you know, this hilarious, okay? Gone. It was from my broker, analyst report, by recommendation. So I just tongue like 3,000 bucks at it. And then a few years later, it was gone. I was like, oh my goodness, why you guys do this to me? And then that really, really drove home the lesson. And this is for me, one of the most important lessons. You are responsible for your own money. You're an adult. It's your money. You are responsible for it. When you delegate it to someone else or something else, the example I have recently is Stash Away and what happened with the KWEB, Queb, so the China Internet ETF. They bought in at the high and they sold it off at the low. And all the Stash Away customers were like, why did you all do that, you idiots? 
But stash away is supposed to be a great way for you to invest so that somebody else can do all the thinking for you. So this is what happens uh, when somebody else does all the thinking for you. Right? So, but, but that's with hindsight as well. I mean, isn't it in a sense? The, the thing is... Because no, nobody knew that's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Right? But the thing is, who takes responsibility? The stash away users absolutely did not want to take responsibility. They were so angry. But hey, you chose to put it in their hands, which is why for me, I'm just like, okay, la, you know, it's my money. If I lose money, it's my fault. If I make money, it's my, it's my responsibility also. Like, yay. So that's it. Okay, seven years. How do you make back the money? I'll give you all some basic math, okay? So, so sorry, can I, can I just um, jump in here just for context? What number are we talking about? First, they lost in two and a half years, and they had to regain just under seven. six figures. Okay, so it, it's not a lot of money. Okay, it really that, is. That not, is not. That, that's it's not a lot of money. But it's not small either. Yeah. I mean, but for me, that was my life savings and my inheritance from my granddad. Okay, that that was all of it. And I thought I could make it a million. I couldn't because what I did was I gambled it all away on warrants on the local stock market, not even on the U.S. market, on the local stock market. Okay, so what happened then? I'm left with forty bucks. I want to tell Lao already, right? Never jump off. Okay, so you know, yeah, I had one of those spiritual moments where like God tell you everything's gonna be okay. Okay, fine, I believe. I went back. I started saving and investing at least half of my income every month. That was my aim. First thing I did. Second thing was I started hiding money away from myself. What do I mean? Is that I forcibly every time I had money, I would take it. I would calculate what I needed for my expenses, and then the rest of it is invested straight away. It's gone. I can't touch it. Where does it go? It goes into companies that are businesses that make money. So nothing speculative, nothing crazy. Yeah, we're, we're talking... Am I allowed to name specific counters here? Yeah, if go you ahead. Want I mean, to, but, yeah. but but uh, but do we remember Edward and I and uh, Yenling? Well, not, not, no, neither of us are saying, please go buy it. You can look at things which are on the Straits Times Index. Look at the three banks there. They make up 40% of the Straits Times Index. 43%. Yeah, we've got OCBC, UOB, DBS. Are those banks going to disappear? If they do, Singapore is screwed. Does that make them good investments? Yeah, they have bigger problems than yeah. money. So does that make them yeah, good investments? Bigger I problems than money if that happens. Yeah. So what else can you look at? You look for companies which, and this is Warren Buffett again, you look at companies which have, which have great investment moats, which means that they have monopolies or they have positions which cannot be challenged. In Singapore, always people talk about these two companies, SGX, the Singapore Exchange, they're the monopoly stock market operator. And the other one, NBN Netlink. What do they do? NBN Netlink provides all the fiber cables for all the internet in Singapore. So companies like that... They're a monopoly, yeah. Yeah. There's no other company. All the telcos buy internet bandwidth from them, from NBN Netlink. And NBN Netlink pays a yearly dividend of about 5%. SGX pays about 3 to 4% dividends, okay? These are... So it, this is where you're talking of compounding. Yeah. So these are compounding stocks which dividend. are unlikely to do crazy stuff. This, this is not the GameStop. This is not the iFast, you know, AEM kind of stocks. You know, the tech stocks that go boom, 200% in a year. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. All right? These are the stocks that will be slow, they'll be steady, that you know these are businesses that will still be there even when the worst things happen. As long as the Singapore government exists, these stocks will exist and that means your money is safe. So when you invest in things like that, you get to go to sleep every night and not have to worry about anything. 
And that is a beautiful feeling, folks. That is priceless. I spent two years with open positions and being terrified going to sleep every night next to my wife, wondering if next morning I was going to wake up ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 now. Okay, it's no fun. Yeah, you want to invest in a way which gives you peace of mind. So, so you're not the like the FOMO guy that goes is going to shoot. Hey, Sean, I I have to be honest with everyone here. I am not an investing genius. Okay, I still make mistakes. To this day, I still make mistakes. I need to qualify that I'm holding on to some very serious losses from my investments in Chinese tech companies and Malaysian glove stocks. Okay, at one point I was up ninety four percent on my glove stocks, and I didn't sell. So now I'm down fifty percent on the thing that was up 90%. I didn't sell at the height of the pandemic. I kept thinking, sure, recover one, sure, recover. Didn't. See, I still make mistakes. But here's the thing, my investment will still be there. These are some of the biggest companies in Southeast Asia, in Malaysia. Okay, the Chinese tech companies, Alibaba, Tencent, are they still going to be there? Of course they will be. They're the biggest companies in China. Am I in losses? Sure. But when am I going to sell this? When I need the money. And I don't need it now. I need it when I retire. And you're going to tell me that, oh yeah, you know, maybe Alibaba will just crash and cease to exist in the next two or three years. No, not going to happen. So, yeah, quite okay. Lah. All right. Um, that's it. Okay. Quick shout out for diversification because we addressed that in the previous episode. It's because of diversification that I actually am still in profits, that my portfolio is still in profits. Why? Because I invested in crypto and most of the profits come from my crypto portfolio. Yeah, lots of my Singapore stocks are doing very well also. Singapore is a wonderful defensive market. Yeah, I, I'm a massive believer. The reason being? For those of our viewers who are not unfamiliar with stock markets, so when last two years, you know, after the pandemic crash in March, the stock markets went up like crazy. Yeah? Okay, you know what the Singapore stock market did? Yeah. It did nothing. It just went... People were so angry. It did absolutely nothing. Angry. <laughs> But then... In fact, I think I think there was at one point, there was one point you said it was the worst stock market in all of Asia. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people were I, just I think angry. I heard a little bit of that, yeah. As far as performance is concerned, anyway, as you were saying, people are angry. But and- over the past year, I think Singapore has shown what it really is. Like. It's, it's defensive. Like. It won't do the big, amazing, crazy, parabolic rises, but it's been chugging along very healthily and very in a very stable manner. And hey, if you don't need that kind of stress in your life, okay, if you're not big on volatility, Singapore's not bad. Speaking of volatility, okay, I have a crypto yeah, portfolio. speaking of volatility. And yes. I'm a massive believer in distributed ledger technologies and blockchain tech. My portfolio that's crypto started at 1% in 2018. In 2019, it became 3%. And in 2020, it became 15%. And I didn't invest more. I didn't buy more. It became that amount because the so crypto it, it, went, it went up. from 1 to 15. It, yeah, it's essentially that. And I'm, so I'm actually starting to put money in it in over the last two years. I aim to have it at least a third of my portfolio. And I own a whole bunch of different coins and tokens. The bulk of my holdings, very safe. Ethereum, Bitcoin, Phantom, and MicroStrategy, which is a US company that owns a lot of Bitcoin. Yeah, so diversifying, actually very important. So how, how do you see this future tools uh, crypto, NFT, blockchains, and so on. How do you see them impacting the future? They're going to change the world. They are absolutely in what sense? going to... Look, um, I, I think both of you are fairly positive on 
blockchain technology. So I think you agree with me that the future is on the blockchain. It's already changing so much of how the world works. It'll continue to make things even better. I'll give you an example, okay? Recently, a big company in Singapore had a privatization exercise. It went from being a co-op to becoming a private company. The shareholders were complaining they couldn't sell their shares because companies going to be privately listed, not publicly listed. So how to sell the shares? Kept complaining. All I could think was, was that the solution was so simple. It's from DeFi, basically. You create a liquidity pool with SGD, tokenize the shares. So two elements, SGD, tokenized shares. You set up an AMM, an automated market maker, link it to the LP, and you're done. That's it. Anytime you want. You want to buy, sell the shares, you don't even need the stock market. And that's the point. Crypto does things cheaper, so much smarter, so much faster. And don't even get me started on transferring money, okay? Swift is horrible. Once you started transferring money in crypto, you, you'll be like, why am I transferring money through the banks? I'm paying 10 cents to send millions of dollars if I wanted to. I don't have that kind of money, but yeah, it's the same cost. No matter how much you spend, you, you, you're sending over on most of the blockchains. It's nothing, you know, folks. It's really, really, you try it for yourself. Okay, send money in XLM, send money in Litecoin, send money in XRP. You you see the difference. You just be like, <gasps> mind blowing. But let's let's take a step back for for people like me who have absolutely like zero. I I mean I see the potential. I think it's interesting. That's that's for me, right? Because I am I just haven't reached that level in my investing. I've just started putting a little bit, a little bit in a very traditional um kind of stocks. But take a step back for people like me. We, we just have this very vague idea about blockchain, very vague idea about all these Bitcoins and all these um, different types of cryptocurrencies. How do you even get started? Like, do I need a very huge amount of money? No. Is that even like, yeah, then I just buy coins? Is it? Yeah. To me, right? Okay, to me, it just sounds like a little bit like the traditional stock market where I just buy and I'll wait for it to increase based on whatever magic that's happening inside there. Correct. And then, yeah, my value increases. So it sounds very similar, but at the same time, using a lot of new terms that seem very cheap, basically. But the difference is that whereas all these stocks and shares and everything, they're regulated. Crypto is unregulated, which makes it more dangerous, but also it's also a benefit. Why? Because it means that nobody can take your crypto away from you. And if you think about that, you'll be like, no what? Because we're in Singapore, we're like, yeah, you know, we're very safe, the government's very fair, everything's okay. Hey, if you live anywhere else in the world, it's a real concern. Anytime, your government can shut the stock market. As we are seeing in certain parts of the world right now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Government shuts the stock market. What are you going to do? Stock market's not trading. How are you going to sell your shares? Government can take away your access to the banks. What are you going to do with it? But crypto... Nobody can stop your access to the wallets. Recently, they tried to stop people donating Bitcoin to the truckers during the protests over in Canada. You know what the truckers did? Oh. They just took the Bitcoin out of the account. The governments could do nothing about it. Okay, so that's one thing. Deregulation is unregulated. It makes you feel like you're in charge of your money. That's one thing. On the investment side, here's my strongest argument for Bitcoin and why I believe so much in it. You know how money keeps going down in value because of inflation, right? Our banks keep, mm -hmm. just keep printing. Okay, governments can keep printing money. It's unlimited huh, how much they can print. They'll just print. Every time they print, your money value goes down. On the other hand, 
I will talk about no other crypto but Bitcoin. Bitcoin has a limited supply. There will only ever be 21 million Bitcoin. That's it. Mm. Yeah, this is something that is controlled by no government. This is controlled by no individuals. There's 100 million Bitcoin wallets in the world. There's only a finite amount of it. Who is the one who decided on that? On that finite amount? The creator of Bitcoin. <laughs> this completely anonymous individual called Satoshi Nakamoto who may not even exist. But it's, you see, he can't affect it anymore. He coded it in. And the code, which is Bitcoin, continues to exist as it was coded. And that's the beauty of it. It is the world's only truly neutral asset. So so how do you see this? How do you see them changing uh, the way transactions are going to be made in future in Singapore? I'm really hopeful that the government will be open to using blockchain technologies for payments, for example, um, for FX, Forex transfers. Over in South Korea, they already use the Terra blockchain mm-hmm. of this thing called the Chai uh, the Chai app. So over 2,200 businesses accept payments using normal credit cards, but they don't know that it's not processed over the Visa or MasterCard. It is processed through the Terra blockchain. And the fees, this is where it matters. For the merchants, MasterCard, Visa, 3%, right? Chai's fees are 1% to 1.5%. And if you're a merchant, that can mean the difference between life and death, for your business, yeah, one percent to one point five percent every year, every transaction. Okay, so that's at the most basic level. That's one of the things you can do. The next thing is forex. Remember, I mentioned that it's very cheap to transfer money. What if there was an option for you to transfer your crypto, and then it can be withdrawn by the person you're re- who's receiving it in their home currency? You transfer it for. But 10 wouldn't cents. that still be like you know? I have to go back into a. The, the, the usual currency and that's still being recognized or controlled by the different banks and I think that's where for me just like okay we're back to the same point right I agree with you which is why I only hold less than 5% of my total assets in cash the rest of it I hold in stocks and in crypto and it's very aggressive and quite actually quite risky but I prefer this to letting my cash slowly go down in value inside my DBS Savings Plus account. <laughs> There's no point going to break into Edward's house and try to steal money and you're going to find 5% of it. I was laughing, no, when I saw the OCBC scammers thing because in crypto, scams are non-stop. Uh. You get message emails, on messaging on your messaging apps all the time from scammers. Yeah. So I become very used to blocking everything. So when I heard that they were stealing money from people's bank accounts, I was like, you keep money in your banks? I would laugh if someone had access to my bank account and took all the money. I'd be like, okay, oh, too bad for me. Okay. <laughs> but it's not life-changing. But for a lot of people, it is life-changing. Mm. Yeah? Like 70-80% of their money is in their bank accounts. And for me, that's just like, please, please do something. Please secure your money. I think what we've been mentioning the whole time is about how you know you take a long term view, you keep com- you know in in, in compounding, you're collecting dividends and all that. But but actually, long term planning is actually very very hard. It is, isn't right? It? Because you know people's goals, people's goals, people's uh, desires, people's needs are going to change over time. Yeah. So so how, how how do you keep how do you balance that and how do you forecast that? Or how how do you like I wouldn't say trick your mind into it. What's your thought process behind it, and how do you keep yourself disciplined in doing that? So, I'm bad at math, but I've had to do the math. So, I'll do the math for you all now, okay? I want to have $5,000 
to spend every month in my retirement, which means every year, 12 months, how much would I need? Well, $60,000. How do I get $60,000 every year? This is how I, I, I work backwards, right? I, first, I decided this is how much I want every month to spend in my retirement. $5,000. I work backwards. One year, I need sixty k. How do I get sixty k? I need a million dollars. Why? Because I know that very safely, I can get 6% returns on it every year. And 6% of $1 million is $60,000. So now I've got a target. Okay, retirement planning, right? I've got a target. I've got something aimed towards. I want a million dollars. Okay, how do I make sure I get that million dollars? So I can plan ahead, which is why I say that by the time I'm 60, hopefully I've, I've reached it. And I am on track. Every, with the returns on my portfolio every year, I am on track. And I believe it, it, it is a very doable aim. Yeah, that's how you plan. Speaking about the future and planning ahead, what advice would you give to a freelancer, such as myself maybe, um, or even back when you started prudently investing? If they wish to get started and they're complete novice, what would you do? Or what, would, what advice would you give them? That is a fantastic question, Yenling. Thank you for asking it. I've been thinking about this for a really long time. This is like, especially if you're in a full-time job, you think you're quitting, right? Okay, here's my advice to you. First, do everything that you're willing to do to make money. Don't ever betray your principles for money. It is just money. You can always make more. But once you betray your principles there will always be a stain on your psyche. It will always be on your mind. Okay? Next thing. The gig economy exists. It is not the best thing, but it exists. What does it do? It allows us to convert free time into money. That's what it does. It's a machine, basically. You put time into it, money comes out. That's the gig economy. That said, if as a freelancer, you're providing a technical or professional service, the more you do it, the wider your network becomes. So keep doing it. When you start out, it'll be a bit rough because your network is very small. But the more you do it, and do it well, do it professionally, do it with pride, keep at it, your network will widen. And if you're even half decent, you're going to be fine. Spoken from somebody who's done this for how many years? About... 13 now, yeah, 13 years now. Yeah, 13, yeah. Uh, so very quickly to, to say this, uh, compared to my friends in corporate, the, the mental health benefits of not having to report to a boss are amazing, folks. <laughs> of course, it also helps if you have 700 vo uh, ads to voice <laughs> in your... In your... Oh, that's over a long career. I, I'm the like, volume you have guy. To it, right? yeah. I'm the volume guy. I, I'm, I'm the guy they go to, hey, can we do a whole bunch of ads for us for cheap? Uh, okay, la, I do lah. There's no magic formula behind it, right? It is about doing what you love doing. Um, like what you said, don't betray your principles and you're exchanging your time for your money. I never really thought about it in those exact words. It's something I always really believed in. Uh, that, that, I mean, because the money is that the ex personal experiences that we have with, with the way with money and the way that we use money, it makes up like a very small fraction of really what's happening in the world. But to us, it's really... 90% of our world 90, 95% of, how, of how we think the world out there works and that's all so there's just this very big big disconnect but that's why we created this podcast you know is, is to let people understand a little bit more 
or widen their knowledge. You know, if people around you are not doing this, maybe you don't know. And you're just listening to more people about how they're doing it in real life and not, uh, you know, selling snake oil. Taking away from this, I'm listening to Edward for, for the last uh, 20 minutes or so. I think we can come, we sort of get the impression that to, to you, financial success or financial independence so on is, 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 is a soft skill. It's not really a hard skill. It's a soft skill. It's like how are you behaving with your money? So, Edward, on that note of how are you behaving with your money, uh, 2022, it has been completely volatile. Needless to say, it hasn't been, has been very choppy. It's been a dumpster been fire. Come on, let's be various, fair. It's, it's been a complete various, mess. Various reasons. It's a mess. Santa Claus rally never came. Geopolitically, it has been a complete mess. So, and then, you know, the, the, the dips are violent. The rips are as violent. And then it dips back very violently again. It's a mess. So, Edward, on that note, uh, what are you, how are you behaving with your money in 2022? Given the, the what you've, ex- given this last experience of the last uh, quarter. I Marie condo my US stock portfolio to go down to the 10 best. Like, if I could only buy 10 stocks, those 10 stocks are the ones that even if anything short of nuclear war, these companies will be fine. Nuclear war, sorry, uh, everything's gone. Uh, you know, good luck to you. Grab a gun, hold your kids close. Um, but short of that, these 10 really are the best, 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 best. So it's all about quality. You know, when there's volatility, what do you look for? There's a flight to quality. And there is a risk here, okay? Everything has been dropping so much. What's the risk? The risk is that if you stay out of the market because you're scared, you're going to miss what happens when Vladimir Putin finally gives up and says, all right, I've had enough. Because I'm telling you, not just the stock market, not just crypto, everything, property, commodity, everything will just go crazy. Yeah, You don't want to miss that. I'm not telling you to buy now. I'm not telling you to buy stocks. I'm not telling you to buy crypto. But I'm telling you, you need to think about investing. Because if you don't, you continue to stay on the sidelines. What happens to your money? It loses value. That's it. Inflation will just eat it away. Wow, so you're saying be greedy when there's blood on the streets. The fear period is done. Uh, It's gone. It's over. We're back in the greed. Market's crazy, guys. Yeah, it, it was hilarious though. My my portfolio was down something like seven, eight percent. I was just like, uh, I, I bought in right after the war started, in Feb. I, I started buying in, and then by early March, yeah, like Sean said, I, I was down seventy percent. I was like, oh, jalala. Never mind. I hold on. Right now, I'm up thirteen percent from there, which means that my portfolio, those ten stocks, have gone up twenty percent. In how long? In two weeks, guys. That's crazy. Markets always look forward. They're looking six months forward or more. They know. Look at the last five days, you will forget that there's actually a lot of uh, big drama going on in Europe and a lot of, uh, and, and a lot of other uh, not nice things. So can I just ask, Edward, can I just understand how much time is spent on your freelancing gigs and of course the, the, the business of freelancing that you have to do and trading? Or, you know, your investments and looking at the markets. So, Yiling, I'm a bit of a freak in that I'm I'm unusual. I enjoy reading the news. 
so we're talking the mainstream general global news and also the financial news. I enjoy it. This is what I do for fun. It, this is part of my life. I enjoy knowing about the world. I'm just that kind of weirdo. I, I, I wonder sometimes if, like, why I'm like that. But yeah, I, I always like learning new things about the world. So I spend a lot of time thinking about it. For those of us who have no such inclination, you're like, wow, I really don't want to know the news. Um, what you're doing, for example, Yenling, you you have an advisor, someone who helps you decide where to put your money, to deploy your money. That's actually better than not doing anything at all. And I would argue, yes, absolutely, please do that. If you don't want to think about where to put your money, you're, you're just like, I, I, it, it's too much for me. Please don't. It's not worth your time. Okay? You have much more important things to think about. You have work, you have family, you have your interests, money... All these investment things, let someone else do it. Lah. Pay them for it. Okay, that's fine. But as long as you're not just leaving it there in the bank. Because who makes money from that? The bank. And from that, the next logical step is, hey, what do I just own shares in the bank? Then you make money from the bank too. Right? Makes sense, right? Never thought about it that way, but yeah. yeah? <laughs> I was like, mm. okay, so, so uh, on that note, yeah, then you go get some some stocks in Starbucks or something like why not make money from really Starbucks really yeah. spending really? money there. I really get it. <laughs> I'm not joking you use an iPhone yeah, no, yeah, yeah. you use it, a MacBook it's, uh, it's, buy Apple why, why not it's behaviour right it's how, how, how it's, uh, again it's how how you use your money is how the world works yeah because you're spending money there right actually yep. this was I had this thought back back when and this was when I didn't really think about trading that much and my, my dad was the one who was um, playing around with the market um, and I just saw malls opening. I was like, oh, I want to go there. Why didn't buy Capital Land? <laughs> because that's where I knew I was going to spend my money. And it was true, it went up. So I was like, hey, okay, it's not that difficult. <laughs> but I Again, was thinking like, hey, is there something that's missing? Because that can't be it. <laughs> yeah, like this is some alpha for so you. Uh, we talked a lot. Of- <laughs> the next step from this is, what's happening next? We're reopening, right? People are starting to travel, right? Where are they going to spend their money? Mm-hmm. Think about it. Hint, hint. Wink, wink. Think about it. Yeah. It's like, actually, <laughs> investing isn't that hard. Okay, like, when people were like, when the pandemic started, what did I buy? I bought Cheng Xiong. Because I saw the queues at the supermarket, what did I buy? I bought the Malaysian glove stocks. Why? Because they need gloves. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? The, it's all very logical. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh-huh. It's all very logical. <laughs> it is literally run by where I, I bought we DocuSign. spend our money, right? Yeah, the business like, consumers, you know. yeah. So, so Edward bought Sheng Xiong and what Top Glove? Wow, Top Glove was it? Oh, and yeah. uh, Riverstone and and I, I mean bought, losses uh, in both of them. I have to be honest yeah, about this because I didn't sell. I bought DocuSign and I sold it. <laughs> Good for <laughs> you. Seeing, some of you listening here might be thinking, "Wow, actually quite scary, uh, Yo, wow, you can buy stocks and you lose half your money, uh, This are uh, that. Uh. Best advice for you, okay? Number one advice, you can take this to the grave when your auntie uncle tells you, your your or your neighbor tells you to buy something. Number one thing you should do is ask yourself, am I feeling FOMO right now? If I'm feeling FOMO, don't do anything. Next thing you do is your research. Okay, Don't ever say yes mm. to FOMO. FOMO is the number one way to lose money to scammers or to lose money to bad businesses. FOMO is bad. If you feel FOMO, don't To get invest. caught in a falling knife. Yeah. Don't invest when you feel FOMO. So that was a lot of 
great advice. As with all times, you ask all our guests as a last question before they leave. When were you the most uncool, Edward? And what would you say to yourself if you can talk to the person today? I think when I was in school, I really thought I was something special. I was really just so damn full of myself, the arrogance, the hubris. It was just completely ridiculous. I, I was ridiculous. So I would say to myself back then, be humble, listen, learn, and for crying out loud, Edward, just shut up. Edward, and final final words to our freelancers before we uh, who want to get started. Any advice uh, for them? Freelancing is awesome, guys. The trade-off in quality of life is priceless. Okay, if you can freelance and you can deal with it, keep going. And Edward, uh, since of course we, you know, since you do theatre work and we know that's uh, reopening, uh, are we, can we see you anytime soon? If you'd like to keep up with what I'm doing, I'm on Instagram at Choi Edward, C-H-O-Y E-D-W-A-R-D. And is it okay if I just share one final parting thought for everyone? Yeah, this is something you hear from your yes, insurance please. agent all the time, okay? And it's this, uh, please, ho, everyone, please don't forget to pay and protect your future self, okay? You work now, uh, it's not just for your present self, it's also your future self. Ho. So please make sure, we've been talking about investments, please make sure you have insurance before you even think about investing because it's deeply irresponsible to not have insurance coverage and make other people pay if something happens to you, alright? Please, 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 tolong, tolong, don't even think about investing if you don't have insurance. And get term insurance because any other insurance, the insurance company is investing your money for you. Don't do that. Just get term insurance. Trust me on this. So we'll be hearing Edward again in another ad uh, if you're driving or in a, in a mall uh, within the next uh, two weeks. Uh, well, maybe tomorrow actually. He's done so many. <laughs> but, but, and, uh, if you, and if you want to hear from other guests that's coming up in our new episodes or catch up on our old episodes, uh, drop us a like. Remember to click follow on our podcast. Tell your friends about us. Drop us a five-star rating, you know. No worries. It's cool to do that because it's cool to be uncool. Uncool was recorded on Audio Technica Mics.